0: Just remember that no matter how good of a week or a month or a year you're having in show business, it will never give back everything that you put in.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Confessions of an Actress podcast. I'm your host, Meredith Patterson, and I'm so grateful that you're here and that you're connecting with me. I hope you are safe. I hope you are healthy. I hope you are speaking out for equality wherever you happen to be. A lot has happened you guys. A lot has happened since my last my last full episode, my last interview, and even before I, you know, when when my guest for my interview today when we spoke, it was right before George Floyd's murder, and we didn't get to talk about all that's going on now with the Black Lives Matter movement, and thank God it's going on because that this is nothing new for the black community. I do not wish that anyone's murder had to spark another wave of this movement, but I'm so happy that it is happening and that change is happening. So I I reached out to my friend who is an incredible, incredible person and an incredible Broadway performer, my guest today, Leo Ash Evans. I reached out to him today and I asked him if he would talk about Black Lives Matter for this episode. So he sent me a statement. I'm, I'm going to read it right now. Leo says, What speaks to me most about Black Lives Matter right now is that it's a movement, not a moment. A silver lining of this coronavirus is that we are all out of our normal routine and structure and therefore exploring your investment and role in this movement. I'm exploring all of this deeper. As a white man, I, am, I now have a deeper understanding to what my white privilege really means and where it exists in my personal life and what my white platform can do. The responsibility that I have, what we all have, I've made a commitment to continue to use my voice with high school students that I work with on a regular basis as as I prepare them for college auditions, as well as developing a curriculum with the help of my mother, who was a tutor with role-playing diversity. Thank you so much, Leo, for that. It's people like you in this world that I am so thankful for. When you see a problem, you look within, and you figure out your part of it. You look and see where you can take your white privilege and, and do better. Because when we know better, we do better, right? I am so glad that I got a chance to talk to Leo. And I hope that you guys enjoy this episode, that you, you, you get to know him better as a person and as a performer. So thank you so much, Leo, for this episode. Sit back and relax and enjoy my interview with my incredible friend, Leo Ash Evans. Oh my gosh. It's been so long. This is what is um, a constant on this podcast is when I connect with everybody that I'm like, I feel like, right. I've, ta- I feel like I've talked to you, but I haven't talked to you. Yeah. That's what's so I know bizarre about this world. Um, even prior to all of the quarantineness that I feel like I've yeah. talked to you, but I haven't in so long. Yeah.
0: That so- is so true. <laughs> I know it's bringing us together.
1: It is. It is in a in a strange way.
0: In a strange way. Hi my yeah.
1: hi my friend.
0: Hi, hi. Hi. We're not in Moscow.
1: <laughs> we're not in Moscow anymore. <laughs> you will hear me talking like Moira Rose because that's my binging. I, I love it.
0: I love it. <laughs> my my
1: my Shit's creek is my is my binging that I'm doing to oh. make myself happy. Um It's
0: the best.
1: And we're not in Moscow. Uh <laughs> So people are like, what are they talking about? We almost 20 years ago did 42nd Street in Moscow, which is how we met, correct?
0: We, we sure did. That's we, how we met.
1: Sometimes I'm like, did I know you before that? I just feel like I've always known you. I
0: know. But we no, definitely- I mean, I, And that was my first professional job after graduating college.
1: Really? Because that was so, yeah. That was a lot of people's first. Yeah. <laughs> and if you don't know how that, that, that job ended- it was not good. Um, no. but if that was th- that was everyone's introduction into the into the industry, I'm surprised you yeah. stayed.
0: I know. Well, <laughs> isn't that the truth? I mean, I guess maybe it was because I was so young and so innocent that I just didn't know any better. <laughs> I think that might have been why. <laughs> I mean, because seriously, if that same event had happened ten years later, I don't think I'd be an actor today. <laughs> No, that's not true. No, I would. I would. But I mean, You still, yeah, it,
1: you still would have jumped in full force. But yes, if, if you don't know what we're talking about, Moscow's Forty Second Street um, was the middle of the uh, two thousand two Chechen rebels that took over a theater um, with bombs yeah. strapped to their body. To, to start this off on a happy note, um, yeah, and it and it made our show. Uh, you know, we were we were coming out of 9-11 and it was just a whole like panic time in Moscow. Yeah. And I was kind of in charge of all the babies because I was about yeah. 10 years older than you guys. Although yeah. I don't feel like I was that much older than you guys, but some of you guys were no. fresh fresh off the boat. Um, fresh off the
0: boat. And some of them were still on the boat. There were like 17, <laughs> 18 year olds. You know, there were literally 18 year olds on our tour.
1: I know it's really yeah. kind of crazy, but yeah. I do remember... um <laughs> this is funny because i do remember uh christina aguilera coming yeah. out with her dirty album i don't want to say it's the dirty album but that song dirty was, was yeah. came, came out that year and you and i had a we had a connection about <laughs> christina aguilera because you're from pittsburgh
0: and um, i and we went to school together i went to school with christina for until she went to where was it um I think so Academy. It was an academy. She left the public school system. Yeah. Like I had Christina's number in my phone. I mean, we used to like do shows together on like yeah. the the gateway clipper, the boat that would go around Pittsburgh and like, you know, yeah, she would, she would, cl- you would close your eyes and you would, you thought it was like a 40 year old voice yeah. at like 16. It was re- it was really bizarre. Like that was before her pop takeover phase and it was really bizarre, but yeah. yeah. I, and then, all, then all of a sudden she was like, you know, I couldn't call her anymore. There was no, there was no, it was unidentified number. I tried it one day and they're like, nope, you cannot get through.
1: (laughs) She's like, who are you? We know, we we don't know each other anymore. No, but I do, I do remember that was like one of our first connections because I'm, I'm such a big fan of hers. And then you were like, I remember when she came back to prom and her song, Genie in a Bottle came on and everybody was out on the floor and everybody left the floor. And she was like, (laughs) F, F you all, I'm leaving (laughs) and I'm going to be a star. (laughs) (laughs) but it was like such a random uh thing for us to first talk about but and then we then we started just doing pittsburghese and then i was like i just i just decided i i'm i'm in love with you and we're gonna be friends
0: we did Um, we did chill over them (laughs) pittsburghers
1: we did and I don't even know how to do it anymore. I know yinz guys, that's about it.
0: Yinz guys, you'd get rolled back into it. If I did this whole podcast in Pittsburgh, you'd get used to it.
1: Is there a podcast? <laughs> is there a Pittsburghese podcast if there is? I don't
0: know. You, you should start maybe I, one. Maybe I'll start, you'll you'll produce for me. I maybe I need to start that. <laughs> well, everyone, actually it's kind, I mean this is like funny but not, but a perfect word for Pittsburgh Pittsburghies is covid. Covid. <laughs> covid. <laughs> Covid nineteen. So I've been doing stories like on my Instagram when I go into Central Park, and I'm like, "Oh my God, you're a real big squirrel! You've got Covid." I know. Like just talking to animals, and like it kind of it just it's a word that works. It's the right vowel. It's a V, so like hard like a hard consonant works well with like a long vowel. So like Covid.
1: I remember. Well. <laughs> I think there's a little bit of going off the deep end watching some of the some of the stories that you've done.
0: Oh yeah, is- I go. I, I, I. Yeah, I don't know, Mara. I kind of use Instagram. I don't really participate on my stories unless I'm in a silly mood, or I just it's the only time I'm like inspired to put up a story. Or basically. a
1: cheese, or or a cheese it mood.
0: Or oh, it's out of control. We the need to talk on.
1: about that for a second. Well.
0: <laughs> It, it For a while it just was happening and I didn't really quite understand it. And then it occurred to me, like, it's my rebellion. It's like, it's a rebellious act against, like I was doing Ragtime Out West and it, of course it was canceled and I was so angry. And when I got home, I have never ever, bought Cheez-Its in like, that was something I would buy maybe at like Pearl Studios in the, in the concession vending machine, you know, but never have I like purchased boxes of Cheez-Its and I, and I just relentlessly, every time I was in the grocery store, the the bodega, if I saw the box, I was like, I need to stock up on Cheez-Its. <laughs> Now, you know, now the latest is people send me Cheez-It socks. I have a Cheez-It keychain. Now I have Cheez-It boxer shorts. I mean, like, I'm like, I've got, and like, I was on a walk the other day with my best friend in the park and he said, Leo, look, and it was a, t- a complete Cheez-It t-shirt. And I didn't even think. And I went, where did you get your shirt? And he, <laughs> said, and he said, he said, urban outfitters. And I was like, thank you. Thank you very much. Like, I mean, crazy.
1: <laughs> however you however you can be creative during this time. If it's uh you know a cheese it outlet or yeah. or whatever it is. Uh
0: Yeah, is- exactly. <laughs>
1: <laughs> what a way to begin this episode just to we are all over the place as as I am as I am whenever I talk to you, which has been I love it. like a decade. I feel like it's I been know. a decade, but I feel like it hasn't cuz you're just one of those people that you know, yeah. um, I just, I, I, I do feel connected to, and I, yeah. I, well, I
0: feel I, like you, you, I don't know if you feel this way, but I don't feel like our personalities change that much. I mean, you still feel the same energy to me yeah. that you did when I was, you know what I mean? I mean, a decade, you know, some people I think evolve a lot based on life. They get, you know, kicked down, knocked down. We all do as artists. But, I don't say evolve. Really
1: I say, I say devolve.
0: Devolve. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, devolve, they, right? Not a good they derail.
1: You don't no. want to be the, you don't want to derail and devolve. No, no, I know I know what you're saying that that um the energy of you hasn't changed. The right. The, right. The, the 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 vocal quality of you yes. it hasn't yes. cha- it hasn't changed. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> because you still have just a, such a joy about you and um yeah, because I met you when I was 26. Uh, a long time ago.
0: Um,
1: but yeah, I, yeah, I feel like you haven't changed at all. Although I have, I've been celebrating you from, from afar. (laughs) I always, I always (laughs) celebrate you. I know I'll stop the Moira Rose, but, um, yeah, you're, you're with the Cheez-Its. I'm with like, like launching into being, um, Catherine O'Hara out of nowhere. It's very crazy what this, what this COVID is doing.
0: What it does. (laughs) It's true. I mean, that's kind of what you have, you have to, at least I've realized that there's a little bit of surrendering to the fact that because it is completely, you know, uncharted territory, we don't have any kind of point of reference to what this would feel like because this is so different than something like 9-11. It just, it, it, it is really the navigation of like, kooky phases, silly phases. I mean, I was like making up a song this morning. I don't write. I do not write. And I was like, I am like, Leo, where did that come from? And then what was it? Sunday. Today's yeah. Sunday. I was in a cranky, cranky mood.
1: Yeah. You know,
0: and, and it just, and, and they come, those mood shifts really come out of nowhere.
1: They really do. And I think we need to embrace it. I really do. Because I feel like, I do feel like, um, those of us who are artists, I just, I, I, I go back to myself as a, as a child in Pleasant Hill, California, which, you know did not have a lot of entertainment outlets. And I just felt like I was locked in my room, like in my imaginary world. And I was starting to like come up with voices and characters and all these things. And I feel like I'm kind of back yeah. there sometimes, but now I have social media to put it out there on. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. it, it, it does feel a little a little crazy, but it's good. It's also good because right. it's good to be creative. Right. I, I think of my, one of my favorite books, which is um, Big Magic, by Elizabeth Gilbert, is really great to, if anybody needs something to read at this time, which we all do, uh, it really does talk about letting those creative things flow through you and catching them as they come through and not being critical of them and just being creative. And you know, you saying mm. like, I don't write. And it's like, well, maybe you do. Who knows? Maybe, maybe I do. Maybe, yeah. maybe you haven't yeah. been still enough to allow no. that to come through you. And I think that's the good of what's happening is that we are in a place yeah. where we're we were constantly in motion um, mm. or as one of my other friends was saying running away from something or running towards something into in terms of jobs and working or not working or whatever and mm. now we're kind of all still and a lot of stuff is coming through us which can be awesome mm. I mean I'm yes. I'm I'm thoroughly entertained by your stories on Instagram <laughs> <laughs>
0: Love, well, I'm glad. I mean, I do. Sometimes I will even, you know, when you, when you see them back or you're putting like a GIF in or you're changing a filter, like even I'll, it'll, I'll watch them like, Oh my God, Leo, you are a fool. Like you're crazy. <laughs> but, but I, but that's really good. What you said. I agree with that. It does. It, I, I love to quote Billy Porter said it on the Rosie O'Donnell live yeah. show that happened. It was like week one or week two. It was right in the beginning. Yeah. And and he talked about a reset. The country is in a reset. And mm-hmm. if there's something about your life that you don't like, if there's something that you wanted to change or you felt isolated or, or what you just said, running away from, I mean it it it's a reflection period. Oh it, yeah. it really is. Yeah.
1: And it's going to come, it's going to come raging, you know, towards you, whatever you were trying to avoid that maybe you want to change or, or you need to, um, I always like to use the word exfoliate because if you need to sloth, sloth off the dead skin cells of your, of, of whatever's going wrong in your life, this is the time to figure it out. And it's, it's, it can be a gift. I mean, it can be, um, a good thing, even though there are days when we feel panicked and we're like, what the, you know, what the heck is happening? But, yeah, and and maybe you feel this way, uh, in our business, we've, we've both been in the business long enough now to be able to reflect on this. We do feel kind of panicked (laughs) a lot. Mm. We don't have a stable, uh, life. We have a lot of times when things, you know, shows will close, we'll get notices. Mm -hmm. We will not get the job. We'll get the job. So it, it, it strangely doesn't feel that uncomfortable. Sometimes, right. right,
0: right, You're you're absolutely right. A lot of people. Oh, Leo, I can't believe Ragtime was shut down. That's terrible. That was the last thing I was thinking about. I mean, I I literally I, I responded to people going. Do you, I had a I was doing a production of West Side Story that was canceled because of SARS. So like yeah. I literally, I literally had been here before, just for some other kind of pandemic disease. You know, it. I mean, it, it. You're right. As or or Moscow, what you just explained in our story, where all of a sudden we experienced the Russian 9/11, and and then we were shut down just like that. Yeah. You know. So yeah, there there is a start and stop to an artist lifestyle that does parallel this, which is, while you're not working, what are you doing to get your next job? Are you practicing your craft? Are you? I mean, now it's even harder because you can't go to your dance classes or your gym you know your fitness center and you have to create make your own new routines but but the start and stop does parallel that is very true
1: yeah absolutely and it's 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 interesting we have to we have to stop doing jobs that are that are um you know scaring us uh scaring the life out of us (laughs) like like moscow or um you know your West side uh, SARS, which I didn't know yeah. about that, which, you know. That's- yeah. West,
0: West side SARS. That's what I should say. West side SARS. West
1: side SARS. Huh. Um, yeah. No, but, but uh, yeah, I mean, it is, it is a pause. It is something that we can, yeah. and I know a lot of people have been saying that there is a panic though, for those of us in the the live theater situation as to when we will be phased back in, um, which is going to be the, we're going to be the last ones. I, I, I've been, it's been confirmed over and over again that that's kind of the, the feeling, right? Yeah.
0: Well, you mean, you you're talking about stuff coming back as far as like Broadway shows, theaters. Yeah.
1: Anything that's yeah. live, that's live. Any you know, arena yeah. shows I'm talking about, like even just, you know, to the the highest yeah. level to the regional theaters, it's going to be oh yeah a while. And that's so, That's got to be okay because we have to be healthy. We obviously don't want to be in a situation where we are – you know, putting anybody at risk, but,
0: um, well, and and, I, and sometimes when the conversations happen, if it it, w- it would frustrate me a little, because it felt like everyone was only talking about what was safe for the audience. Well, what if they, you know, see exactly. a, a, a row and a half apart? I'm like, what about the actors who like spit and kiss and touch and like tap dance? Like,
1: we're the bottom of the
0: barrel who are like, Oh, yeah, you're, honestly. You're, you're,
1: <laughs> no, honestly. no, but it's it. Yeah. Yes. What is, what is safe for the actors? And, and, and I start to go through like, you know, being off stage, being with, you know, not even the actors, right. but the crew, you know, your right. your dresser, which you're so intimate with, with them in terms of like right. them, you know, wipe. I mean, my dresser used to like wipe my nose and, and you know, yep. t- take care of my water and all this stuff, like all this yeah. stuff that, that that is just such in such contact. But, um, you know, I... I I've wanted to have you on this podcast for so long, and and um, and I never want the the subject to just be COVID. I can't say it like P- Pittsburghies. COVID. It was
0: pretty good. Yeah. COVID. 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 But I yeah, do like, remember like,
1: one of <laughs> one of my favorite <laughs> memories of you is, um, you know, Moscow was my last time ever playing Peggy Sawyer. I decided I was like, this is it. This is my swan song, and yeah. I had you. I had you record. Uh, some of the 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 show for me, and I and re- remember I said I was going to do a little Pittsburghese. For
0: you. Oh, yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> Remember, I did on the avenue. I'm taking you, taking
0: you Yeah. <laughs> I would if you had said Leo, sing what I wouldn't have remembered. But as soon as you just started, <laughs> oh it, I did. god,
1: it was so. I was literally like, I'm gonna do it. I'm just gonna do I'm it. And as, into, as oh it god.
0: came
1: out of my mouth, I actually just I I, I looked up the video and. I'm. I, I kind of start to laugh a little bit. You can hear in the mic. I. I, I start laughing at myself, which is t- typical me. But. Um, but oh, yeah, like you, you captured that for me so so eloquently.
0: Oh, I love that. I. Re- I mean, now now I remember sitting in the audience and watching it happen,
1: oh, or so sitting in the, Or was
0: it backstage? I, I was think, either backstage or in the audience.
1: I don't even know. I don't even. I, yeah. you did. Yeah. You, you did capture it for me. You were. You, yeah. You. <laughs> But that was the beginning of that was the beginning of your career, and since then you have done so many awesome things. And I I want to talk about all of them. Um, I want to talk about like how you knew that you uh, wanted to be an actor, and obviously Mm -hmm. you were, uh, you know, as a child in Pittsburgh. There's a lot of um, there's a lot of theater in that town, correct?
0: Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. I didn't even realize it. Yeah, I didn't realize it when I was really there because you don't again have a point of reference. But looking back, it was it was incredible. I mean, I really I had a great my high school was was good about the arts. It was better in the in the uh, choir. I was I always did the jazz show choir um, in high school. Yeah, I had a professional theater company, Pittsburgh Musical Theater, that I worked in a lot. Um, as a kid. So I was always doing professional equity shows in the ensemble and not my high school musical, which always made everyone at the musical so mad. Like, oh, Leo's too good for the musical. Oh my God, you, and I,
1: you and I both, I did community theater yeah. and I didn't do anything at my high school until like my senior year. Yeah. And everybody was like, oh, yeah. oh, now you're like, you know, coming back to high school. Oh. <laughs> like, oh my okay. God,
0: do you hear that? That Meredith is here to be the lead.
1: <laughs> I was the lead, that's terrible, but I was, yes.
0: Well, as you should have been, I wouldn't have expected any less.
1: I don't know. I was, you know, I, 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 I was, I was a little bit of a late bloomer in terms of like being the lead of everything. But, um, but, but growing up, you, you, you did all of a lot of theater as a kid, as most theater kids do. Um, Mm -hmm. And then you went to Carnegie Mellon.
0: Yeah, Uh, that it's funny. Carnegie Mellon. When I, when I think back, I mean, yes, I knew it was a great program and I wanted to apply an audition, but I thought, my college years were not there because it was so close to home i I grew up 45 minutes north of the of the city. so yeah. I really thought it would be something like NYU or, or Michigan or something that would take me away. but boy, when I did that audition, everything clicked and I just then I just was keeping my fingers crossed hoping that it happened because it just you know when they talk about that compatible fit, you just know and it yeah. felt amazing yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah, unlike that, I, I I auditioned and I was I was just scared shitless. I was like, oh God, I don't even know if I'm gonna get in. And I I I did not want to go to a four year college. I just wanted to go to New York and be Peggy Sawyer and, you know, show up at the suitcase. Yeah. But nobody would yeah. no, no one in my family thought that was a good idea. So I um <laughs> <laughs> I definitely I definitely uh had to go to school. But um Uh, Yeah. Did it come from like your parents? Did you come from watching, you know, movie musicals? Was there a moment that you were like, this is it. This is what I want to do. This is where I want to go. There was,
0: You know what? There was like this little extracurricular, like it it was to find things for, I think your, your children to do after a long day of elementary school. It was in fourth grade and it was this little troupe and they would like dance and sing numbers. It was called Kids on Broadway. And it was like a little musical review and like people would put together. I, Meredith, I was having the time of... Of my life. I mean, that's <laughs> when I knew nothing gave me that kind of joy. Yeah. Like just singing. I just, I, I, I can't think of anything else. And then I know we did Peter Pan in fifth grade and I was Peter Pan and I had to wear green tights and lost <laughs> half of my friends. Like half of the people were like, ew, you're gay. You can't <laughs> be Peter Pan wearing green tights. You know, like gay was like the mean word. Remember that? Oh um, yeah. And, but then, but it was so, it was, but I didn't care because I just knew, oh, I have to do this. This is yeah. so much fun. And then, yeah, that was – and then I kind of just slowly but surely kept removing more out of my life. I stopped swimming. I was on the swim team. I was on the soccer team. And I just started to only do theater.
1: Yeah, and started gravitating towards it. Well, when you feel that kind of joy, because I know what that feels like. I mean, I could have been in the dance studio – you know, and I was four hours a day, six days a week, like just you, it really is another, it's another force that is driving you. There's nothing like it. And when you're like, you're like, wait a minute, I can make money doing this. This could be my job. Like, Oh my God. You know, you, you think about jobs being something that you hate and the whole joke of like, Oh, I can't wait for the weekend kind of thing. And for us as artists, we're like, no, I'm just like, I can't wait to just get on stage.
0: Yeah. Right. And to think that, and to think that everyone else, the weekend is the time off. That's when we've got our most busy, crazy show schedule. I mean, School of Rock, which I was doing a year ago, we used to have, um, five show weekends. In fact, oh, we had yeah. a five show weekend into a Monday night show.
1: So oh, we actually really? had a Friday
0: to Saturday, yep. Two Saturday, two Sunday, and then a Monday.
1: Oh my God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, then, and, and, and. And there is a, um, you know, I call it the golden handcuffs where you're doing a Broadway show like School of Rock, which is such joy and you love it. But then you're like, oh, here comes the five show weekend. Oh God. You know, and you're having to like get your grateful on, you know, you're having to like every show you're like, okay, I got, you know, this, I'm I'm grateful to be here and, and the, and the, the, the happy exhaustion that you feel, but, um, yeah, I saw you were doing that. And, and, you know, when you got Jesus Christ superstar, which was your Broadway debut, like I was just so excited for you and every Uh, single, um, you know, monumental thing that's happened to you, but, but you went to Carnegie Mellon, you got your BFA, you found your, you found your home. And then I don't know if you felt this way, but when I got to New York, I finally was like, Oh, my people, Like now I get it. Like, and maybe you felt that way in college, but like when you get together with other artists who feel the same way that you did as a kid in your hometown, it really is, um, family. It feels like family.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, that's exactly the right word. I mean, I did, I did have support along the way. I was grateful that I had two supportive parents that wanted to, you know, allow me to pursue my dreams and help me with college. And, you know, and I moved to New York as soon as it was over, but then you, yeah, you, then you really recognize, okay, now there is, there is no uh, umbrella over my head. There's no structure. I'm creating my day to day life of what Mm -hmm. I want to do and how I want to do it. But you are surrounded by your community, your family, your people you know, yeah. and, and there, there's nothing like that in, in, you know, New York city. It's just like, you, it's something you can, it's palpable. You feel it on the streets.
1: You yeah. Know? You feel it on the streets and you also, um, yeah. I, you know, you also, it scares you a little bit because you're in the room with all these yeah. people that, you know, you're, you're auditioning with and you're like, oh my God, now, now it, it, it raises the bar for you yeah. and it gets you excited, but also, um, excited and scared, you know,
0: cause you're,
1: <laughs> to reference (laughs) only us musical theater people would get that
0: only the the, only the Sondheim fans are going to know that
1: (laughs) but yeah it is it is that that feeling um that that good competitive feeling or or sometimes bad competitive feeling you know but uh all of that it
0: it is it is the city that you know that you you are competing I mean there is always a constant constant competitive energy in order to survive here yeah that if you ever if you ever don't find that stimulating, it doesn't work. You can, you can recognize the hard days, the, the, the battle. Sometimes you got to turn it off. You got to get out of the city for a, a day or a weekend. But I always tell young actors when they're graduating college, you know, as far as help. And I always say psychologically, you have to not only be ready for it, but you've got to find it stimulating. Like yeah. there's got to be something stimulating and going, how can I be better? Oh, that's the subway I get, uh, get on to get to Ripley faster. Okay, cool. Now I know what to do. Yeah. You know, it, 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 it's got to be fun to like figure out the format of how you survive and compete.
1: And there is a mental game with, I mean, yeah. big time, a mental game yeah. as, as with, you know, any athlete and, it, and you're right. It has to be stimulating. You have to be curious. You have to be, right. you know, once that goes away, I feel like you should get out because, yeah. you know, it, that, that is something that has to drive you. And, you know, yeah. speaking of talking to kids, like I with all your success that you've had, your three Broadway shows you've done, and you know yeah. your voiceovers, which I want to talk to you about, the one okay. thing that i I noticed that you were doing was the musical theater college auditions and teaching. Yeah. And I'm like, "Oh, thank God, because I love when people who are such a loving energy and such a good energy and supportive energy are out there teaching kids about how how to then be that so talk to me a little bit about how you got involved with that
0: yeah well it was it was you're you're right i mean the the addition to my life when that entered was uh, amazing i did not see that coming i basically was invited to audit um one of the mtca musical theater college auditions one of their um mock audition days as a guest coach and um one of my friends who had already been a part of the team invited me and the um founder of the team ellen electric uh invited me after it was over i was absolutely hooked i mean i could not believe you know how beautifully um hungry they were they were so passionate they were not jaded they were not negative they were you know they were they and they wanted help. They, they were, they were looking at you with those puppy dog eyes going, I'm not confident yet. I know I want to do this, but I don't, is, am I good? Is what am I do? Is what I'm doing good? Like, is that a fearless choice? That's okay to do. You know, the, the, the simple things that basically needed that cheerleading and that confident, um, support of going, of course, yes, you're doing a great thing, you know? So it, it immediately, um, Appealed to me. And then I quickly kind of grew in the ranks with the team. I was a monologue coach for years and then I quickly became an assistant director for years. But then um, about four or five years ago, became a co-owner with two of my partners. And now I'm just a a co-owner with uh, my one partner, Charlie Murphy, and um, and also direct the team, co-direct the team.
1: Oh, it's so awesome. And it really, you yeah. know, it, it, I, I've done a lot of teaching and yeah. did not, um, did not know how satisfying it was going to be to do masterclasses and to see their, that like you described it perfectly. They're like sponges and you just yeah. want to, you just want to feed them and knowing, um, and I don't know if you had this experience, uh, as a kid, I did have some teachers who had that sort of jaded thing about them still. Right. And it was hard to be that sponge and be excited about the business when they would come back with a, oh, well, it's really competitive or, oh, you got to work. Yeah. It. You know what I'm talking about? So, like, I do. Have to- I do. it. Yeah.
0: Sometimes, yeah, no, sometimes, I and I would fear, and I, I don't think it's, I don't think this is too far off to say, some people become teachers because the acting's not working out. Yeah. So then because the acting's not working, they actually are bitter about a career path that wasn't kind of sm- smoothly running the way that they wanted it to. And, and then they're, then they're teaching for the wrong reasons.
1: Yeah. Whereas for giving, me, yeah, they're giving the wrong energy and they don't even might, they, they might not even really know it, but it's just, that's, that's yeah. in them and they're, they're passing it on in a negative way. That's
0: right. And yeah, that's right. And boy, do teenagers sense and absorb that they can tell when, when it, when it, when the incentive is, is not in the right place. If it, yeah. You know, the reasoning, and you know, when I, when I got, when I booked my Broadway debut, I remember when one of my friends said, Oh, Leo, this is so exciting, but this is so sad. Now you're not going to be able to coach. You won't have the time to coach and i looked at them and i thought what are you what are you talking about yeah yes i will yeah. i mean i'll I'll, adju- I'll adjust my schedule for the for the for the busier schedule that i'm going to have i'll have to make some adjustments but it was so funny meredith i never ever saw a world where i couldn't do both at the same time yeah. i just i just kind of looked at it and said it's time to make make it work how am i going to multitask my you know calendar and my um, world of of Performing and coaching and my voiceover work then came along too and it was it's it's not easy Like I I say this all the time it is it is really hard when I feel pulled in all three directions and it's a constant balancing act It's it is hard because if you're doing three different things professionally in different aspects of the of the arts You could say well am I not fully paying attention to any one of them? You know as much as I could and the answer is yes That is a truthful statement that if I was only performing or only doing voiceover work or only directing the team I would be able to like, for example, now with this pandemic, my, all of my energy beautifully has been in MTCA, which I've loved and I've been able to like solely commit to it, which has been a different kind of joy than when I'm doing the balancing act. But I've also told friends recently, I can already feel myself. I think part of my crankiness is I'm missing the chance to perform. Yeah. So it's, so it's like, I ultimately, the, the Libra in me, which, so I'm such a Libra, the balancing scale, I'm, I'm constantly negotiating. How do I still incorporate all three because they truly make me so happy?
1: But I think it's a really you know, smart thing to pay attention to that, to be yeah. sensitive to when you need to balance, because otherwise, you know, you do get cranky or you get bitter or all those things. Yeah. Like I, you and I are so similar in that way. I always feel like I, um, from the time I was a kid, I'm like, I can have it all. I can do it all. Yeah. Like, why not? Yeah. Like, to the point, right. to the point of giving myself shingles when I was 14 of, of, from, <laughs> from, from, did you know that? That's true. No, true I never,
0: I've never heard you tell me that. I never knew that.
1: True story. Story. That's my confession. Wow. Yes, I, I, uh, I was. Uh, wait, that's <laughs> a good.
0: Wait a minute, Marianne, Now That's a good title: "Confessions of a Teenage Shingle te- or a oh Shingle Teenager God. or something."
1: That does not sound good. That no. is not-
0: <laughs> Confessions of Shingle. Confessions I
1: of Shingles. I, I gave myself, but well, you get, you get, you get shingles from stress. And I was told by the yeah. doctor, like, you need to calm down. And I was like, but I, I want to do everything. And the truth right. is, is that I have that spirit about. Me and I and I, I I do recognize that in you and it yeah. is it there is something to be said for what you believe and you, you know your thoughts become things. If you believe you have limitations, then you will. And mm. mm-hmm. if you don't, and you can balance it and you can figure it out. And obviously, you know, you only have twenty four hours in a day, and right. you, you know, you you do need to figure out what's going to get your priority and all that stuff. But. But there is, you know, I, I do believe that there is time for everything. And I do believe that you, um, giving back to, to kids, uh, you know, it, it fuels you. At least that's what it does I,
0: for me. Well, and, and again, going all the way back to the top of the conversation, Carnegie Mellon, which I am so thankful that I had that training, set a foundation that I really believe in, which is that when you have training, it doesn't have to be four years. It can be two years. It can be what you can afford, what you can commit to. But I do believe that when you can have that training under your belt, it, it's giving you the the foundation to sustain a career. And more importantly, when you book the lead role, how do you sustain doing it eight shows a week? I mean, you know, we all know those people that, that for, all the talent in the world they have, they might not have the maturity or the responsibility and, and discipline to know how to sustain eight shows a week. So that's what I'm so thankful for my training for. And what's so awesome in 2020 is it's not just about Carnegie Mellon and another five or six schools. There are, there's arguably an amazing 20, 30, 35, really competitive schools. Yeah. I mean, and I, and I've watched now that I've, I've been at this long enough, Meredith, I've actually seen so many of my friends now become heads of program, heads of dance, heads of song. I mean, at all of these colleges yeah so it's like now I'm working with a lot of my contemporaries on the college end while I'm still performing now they're like full-time faculty members it's it's fascinating to see I mean I always knew that the the dance captains would become the choreographers the choreographers become the directors but now I'm seeing those people actually become teachers at universities and schools yeah so it's, absolutely. it's, it's really cool yeah, yeah it's
1: really cool and I, I've seen the same thing and, I, and, and it is um it, it's really inspiring because I do. I, I've I've done uh, master classes. I've taught at two universities now. I've done dance competition judging, and every single time I get to be in front of the uh, next generation, if you will, it does inspire me and bring me back. I don't. I don't really get bitter um, about. Any, like I, I'm i not sitting there like with my arms folded, which I do remember being in competitive dance myself, like seeing some of the judges being like, you know, arms folded, yeah. but I'm like, I'm sitting forward. I'm smiling. I'm sending energy to the stage. And I'm so, I, I, I do go away from, from, um, from any time that I get to teach, uh, just, yeah. just fueled. I really love it. Yeah.
0: Yeah, so. that's right. I I'm with you. I mean, it, it's a different kind of, um, you know. I, I, this is a weird analogy, but and I don't know this. Maybe obviously you do. When people talk about you love your child differently than the way that you love your husband or your wife. Yes. You know, I it, I feel that way about coaching in a way. It it gives me such a satisfaction that I, I it's it's not the same as when I'm bowing on on a Broadway stage. I mean, when I'm bowing in School of Rock at the winter garden. I can't explain it. There's, it's like the, there's nothing else in life that feels like that. So as fulfilling as both the coaching and the performing art, then they also are different. You yeah, know, they do, they do fulfill very different highs.
1: Yes. You know? And I, and I, yeah. and I, I, you described it perfectly. It is a different love and it's a different yeah. feeling. And I feel like when you take the, you know, as an artist, I think it's important to take the focus off yourself sometimes mm-hmm. and put the focus on someone else. And that does give you um, yeah. a sense of, of uh you know just a a, a different love a different passion yeah. for it um that's right i just love that you're teaching i love that you're you know doing mtca and if you ever need me to do anything i'm there in a heartbeat i thank you i, I love I, I really do it's something that um uh yeah, like I said. It's what are cool. your
0: fa- What are your favorite areas with with students?
1: Oh God! Well, at 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 um, I've taught at Studio School here. I taught at Amda. Yeah. I love teaching yeah. industry and networking. I love teaching yeah. on yeah. on camera, which I actually was. I...
0: Now that I apparently <laughs> there's a train station near here. Now I've never heard that before. <laughs> I, I can't tell you what that is. We don't have a train up, up at one o six in Central Park. <laughs>
1: I love it. Well, now you do. You apparently you we do. do.
0: Apparently, we have a train station being built.
1: We have a train station. Um, <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, I love it. Oh
1: God, it. no! I. Um, what was I saying? I have no idea. Oh, I
0: just the networking class. Teaching networking class. And...
1: Oh yeah, I love I love teaching uh, all different on
0: camera. Yeah, all yeah.
1: different varieties. I was asked to teach on camera. And I've done a lot of on-camera, but I got super nervous because I w- I've always been the dance teacher or the tap teacher or, you know, how you identify yourself in a certain way. And um, I honestly, I love teaching musical theater performance. I love teaching all the gamut of it if I can, yeah. if, I'm, yeah. if I'm able to, you know,
0: yeah. Even just yeah.
1: teaching the mental game of the business and keeping yourself positive and finding ways yeah. to... To navigate that because it is you know,
0: well I think and I yeah yeah and you're right Marcy we are so similar that I think I mean there are a lot of angles to to my successful coaching for students. One of them is that I never do it for them. I always stress that I'm not. There will never be a world where I direct you and I tell you what to do because you are you. I am me. You know that is the last thing any school is going to want to see is any kind of robotic machine in the room of of some marionette you know being told what to do. Yeah, but the, I think my greatest gift for them is to teach with positivity that everything can be done with a a positive outlook and, and constructive sure, but not, not in any kind of negative way.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, and constructive is the way and, uh, you know, and it's awesome. I think it's so awesome. I, you're welcome. I want to talk to about your, about, uh, your voiceovers because,
0: okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sure. We can Your do that.
1: voice, Your voice changed. Your voice changed Milky. when I said that. Milky. Um, <laughs> no, it's funny because I, I listened to your voiceover demo that's on your website, and it's so well done. It's one minute, which yeah. is, you know, um, sometimes people feel like they need to have, like, you know, it, there's always this discussion of, like, demos and how long they're going to be and things like that. But um, you have done a ton of national commercials voiceovers how did you get into that because i have i to be to be blunt i suck at voiceovers i have not you
0: You have (laughs) such a good voice i'm surprised to hear you say that
1: this is crazy but i've never i have been i have for 20 years have never booked a voiceover i have been out for voiceovers books on tape accents all of it and i can't seem to get through so I, I need your I, I need your advice. Let's talk well, about
0: voiceovers I, for a second. I will say that well, the madness about voiceovers. I mean, when people go, "Oh, my, music theater is a hard, you know, thing to to break into." Voiceovers are insane. They they really are. I, I I'm thankful that I understand the mechanics of you know my voice and, and what and what you need to do to book. It's not like you just read a script. People do say that to me, a lot. like, "Oh, aren't you just like being like like laid back and you just read the script?" And no. I'm like, "Well, no, it's a little bit more than that." <laughs> but I do love, I do love the simplicity in that. Like I wish it was that easy, yeah. um, but it, but it is, it did come across my way in, a, in one of those in the right place at the right time. I actually was doing an accents dialect coaching with um, my accent coach. And she was also a friend of mine from Carnegie Mellon. She was a senior when I was a freshman. Okay. And um, at the end of the session, she said, do you do voiceovers, Leo? And I said, no, I tried to break into it and nothing's ever worked and she introduced me to her agency and even when that happened I thought well this is just cuz they're being nice they're just taking the meeting and they said well we'll try sending you out and they they sent me out um, on an audition and the second one that they sent me out on I booked oh, so wow. if I, if I hadn't booked I mean again not to not to you know downplay myself I just I just feel like a lot of it was the luck that I was fortunate enough to book early on when they were willing to still take a chance on me yeah, and it, and it worked out, you know, cause so much of it is they'll try different voices and, you know, if you don't book, they just, they quickly move on. They're just doing their job.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Know? And that, um, that's what happened to me. I went out for a ton of things and, you know, I'm, friend, yeah. I'm friends with Dan Castellaneta, who's the voice of Homer Simpson. And I was like, he's the person oh. to talk. He's the person to talk to. Back in like yeah. 2000, 2004, we did a, a play together and I sat him down and I was like, how do I get into this? And he's like, I don't really know. I think you should go get a t- <laughs> like, Dan, you're not helping me, but he's like, I don't
0: really know. I only booked one, but it was a good one.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I booked the Simpsons and then I was done. Seriously. He told yeah. me to get a demo and do all this stuff. And you know, I had an agent and I, I just never booked. So I, I do feel like they kind of packed up and moved on, but it is something now that, you know, now that we're in this COVID land, um, that oh, we you're should- not getting you know, it's, we're going to have to think more outside the box. So I don't know. You
0: are correct. That is definitely true. You know, not only that, but one of my last voiceovers that I did, uh, for, for Goldman Sachs, Simon, Simon is kind of like a, a, um, a, what do you call them? A, um, a training program, like a, like a, almost like a webinar for, for employees there. And we had done about like five or six, seven campaigns. And, um, he recently contacted me saying, Leo, what is your home studio situation like? Or do you have a good mic? And I said, yeah, I have a mic and garage band. And he said, yeah, but what else? Like, do you have the, the, the walls? Do you have good support? You know, and I said, I don't have a studio. And that was one of his big pieces of advice is he said, listen, Leo, you don't have to have a full studio, but you're going to have to think about now you have to compete against other people from home. Yeah, and, you know, because these casting offices don't exist. And if and if your competition does have a lot of that stuff, it, it now it's kind of the survival and the the competitive edge of whose home, you know, uh, systems and, and electronic uh, smarts survive. way. I
1: know way. it's so, like a whole nother. It's like, you know, you go to you go to school and get your BFA dancing, yeah. but now you got to learn how to be a technician on top of Oh it. Jesus. <laughs> I
0: know. And they and if there's one thing, my best friend always says this. Leo is electronically deficient
1: <laughs> <laughs> you got on this podcast pretty easily i must say uh, well
0: well, that's kudos to you for making it so easy <laughs> although remember i did have to remember i did have to ask you for the email twice so i don't know about that <laughs>
1: you did. You did. no but it's it's it is it is a very interesting thing that we yeah. m- maybe the, the general public doesn't understand that we don't know how to do all this stuff we have a crew around no. us and i'm right. doing this i'm even doing this podcast pretty much by myself. It's me and my husband that are doing it. And, and, uh, you yeah. know, I'm, I'm learning as I go. And, but, but here's the thing. And this is where we have to reinvent ourselves in now this new COVID land. We have yeah. to figure out how it's just going to keep coming. I'm just going to keep doing, I'm going <laughs> to do keep it, doing do shits Creek. Um, this, this episode sponsored by Shits Creek. Um, <laughs> but you're going to have to keep, you're going to have to learn how to reinvent yourself in a way you're yep. going to have to expand your skills yep. and, and don't do it in a way where you're like arms folded, you know, begrudgedly, you have to yeah. figure it out. Otherwise you're going to be, you know, you're just going to be sitting around and we right. have, we have all this ability to do stuff that doesn't cost a lot of money. Right. Right.
0: That's exactly right. Well, and I just, actually, my agency did a really nice thing earlier today. There was a webinar that they held for all of their clients, and it was with three casting directors that do a lot of um uh self submission uh requests for theater and for film and tv and it was really great and it was all it was just you know talking about the what we expect from you guys but also what we don't expect i mean they also know our circumstance so it's not like they need the perfect looking you know submission but when you have the submission that does check off all of those boxes it does make the whole experience that much more effective yeah you know to to really think through some of those basic things. And, you know, again, it sounds so silly, but it's just like anything else. It's just like practicing with voice lessons, going to dance class. I mean, the more you set up the ring light or you have the the phone positioned in, in your little holder to hit record and you know which friends to call you to help. And, you know, but but you're, I think Meredith, I think what you just said is exactly right. How many times do you get that self tape email request and you go, Oh God. And it's like the minute you do that, you just started to intercept good work Yeah, because you're already, you're already approaching Like, no, I don't want to do that. And you start whining. Yeah. And it's like, well, that's on you. That's not, you know, there they are trying to get you work. It's like, it's amazing how many times actors will resort to that. But you know, it's been like, I mean, pre COVID, there were already COVID, there were so many people, <laughs> there were so many people already getting asked to do self tapes. That wasn't anything new. So we were already moving in this direction anyway. Yeah. It's just it's just now there's no choice and we have to do it.
1: And I think it's a I, I think we can look at it either in a way that we're pissed off or we can look at it as a gift. And we can look at yeah. it, you know, I always loved getting self tapes because then I had more control. The perfectionist in me is like I can do like five yeah. takes and I can well, pick you the best know, one.
0: You sound like Santino. You know Santino? He was in Tootsie. Yes. He, he always talks about that, that he, there was a great article in The Times. You, you would love it if you didn't read it. I think Melissa Errico yeah. actually even like fronted it or something about half of the business who love self-tapes and half that want to pull out their hair. Yes. And there are some people that are going, what do you mean? It's not my responsibility. It's the casting director. Make them do it. And other people like Santino going, I love this. I'm going to make it look better than they ever would. And I get to control my lighting and my pace and who reads with me. Yep. And the editing, and he enjo- he enjoys it.
1: I am Santino. You know,
0: and- yeah, Santino,
1: you- sen- Santino, and I are the same. <laughs> we are the same
0: I, I love it.
1: No, I, love I it. It, there it. There is a way. It it is perspective. You need to think about yeah. it in a way that is you know. If I'm talking to people who've been in the business for a long time, or people who were just starting in the business and they feel like their, you know, their career has been derailed, you can actually yeah. now spend this time to. You know, build up your content, do some, you know, mm-hmm. uh learn some monologues, do some yeah. like build up your YouTube channel, Instagram, um, TikTok, yeah. all these things that we have and 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 take it as a gift and don't spend the time, you know, just binge watching and and bitching, if you will. Like, like spend know. it, spend it really um reinventing yourself because that is nothing new. If you wanna have yeah. longevity in this career, you need to reinvent yourself.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. I mean, and to think in, I don't know, I I have found that I have struggled in those moments where I think I'm like behind or I'm not doing something I should. Part of the problem is not the, it's not the comparing for me, but it's the, it's the feeling like there's so much going on around me that people are, people are, are utilizing their time better than I am, or I'm not, I'm not balancing my time as effectively as I sometimes do. This is, is in a, in a terrible, terrible, you know, uh, example but with this with this pandemic we all are facing the same woes like nobody's thriving yeah you know nobody nobody right now is like waking up like well today is wonderful they're they're waking (laughs) up saying today is better or today is worse or today i'm cranky today i'm silly you know but i mean yeah i think it's exactly right and maybe it's not about you know feeling you have to do a huge project that takes four hours but i mean even just setting up your cell phone and practicing with your camera on your phone and being silly and putting it on your story. Like I do basically, yeah. that's what I do. I'm like, it's like my practice in a weird way.
1: Yeah, no, know? in a, in a, yeah. in a, in a really great and cathartic way. And I think you're right. It shouldn't be a time when we are like over comparison, like, cause I know that that's, that, that's a thing that we do. We do it anyway. Yeah. We, we do it um, whether we're doing it on social media or we're doing it, you know, when we're in dance class yeah. or whatever, we're, we're doing that comparison as death. Thing, but I think we need to we need to um, be creative, and then not do something, yeah. and then not you know. Um, right. I I just you know I got a bunch of house plants, which I was so excited to talk to you about because I know oh. I, I know you have a green thumb, and I'm actually yeah. I'm actually I thought I'd be better at it, but I'm kind of bad at it. But I have. <laughs> I have like I have like a moment where I'm talking to my houseplants, and I'm like I know that they feel my energy, and I'm having like a I'm having a, a day where I'm literally just gardening or doing something like that. So that that is a, a different outlet, and I think that that balance yeah. is important. But now That's that I so yeah, now that I brought yeah. up the houseplants, <laughs> transition it. <laughs> Yeah. May I have some tips on what I can do to save my,
0: save my birds? Absolutely. (laughs) The biggest thing with plants, I say to everybody, they are alive. So you have to pay attention to them. And then also like let them breathe. If you suffocate them with water constantly, they're just going to rot and die. So people, people want to keep watering and watering. You have to actually like, I like touch the soil with my finger, wash your hands. We're already washing our hands every, (laughs) all the time anyway now. So just, it's another time to wash your hand, but really know that it's dry. If the soil is wet, don't water it. Yeah. I mean, it's it really is as simple as that. And then when you do water, water it all the way through. That's a mistake people make. If you picture the plant inside the soil, the roots are growing down into the pot. Yeah. So especially if it's like an older plant that you've had, you could even make the argument the roots are all the way to the bottom and wrapping around. So it's like you want to feel like it's getting w- water all the way through, and then hopefully you see the water come out of the tray underneath <laughs> the pot. It's um,
1: very meditative. It, like, I feel like I... Like in taking care of them, which I haven't had them that long, I've, I've had them for a couple of weeks, but you know, in, yeah. in thinking about like, where, where should I put them? What what kind of light is good? And, and, and it is kind of, um, it's meditative if that's, that's yeah. the, the word to use, but it does feel very, um, grounding to yeah. be doing this, you know, gardening. I know yeah. a lot of people are gardening right now, but like if you are in New York city or you're in a place where you can only have houseplants inside it does feel good to to do right. this.
0: Right. It is. It, it is. A, it's a great hobby. It's, it's wonderful in the winter too, because then when it's cold, you have green inside and green indoors, and I love it. It was actually Jordan Thaler, who you know is the casting director of the Public here in New York. Yeah. He came and he did a master class for the seniors at Carnegie Mellon, and I remember him saying, uh, "Guys, I know you're not going to want to hear this, but you got to have something else you love to do." when you get to New York City. So on those bad actor days, when things are going your way. And I remember we all were like, we don't need to find something else to do. We're coming from Carnegie Mellon. We don't need, you know, I remember thinking like, I don't need a hobby. And of course I was painfully wrong. And I remember like one of those first bad days, I was like, oh, this is what Jordan means. And sure enough, I was like, you know, I've always had that plant hobby. And, And sure enough, I started to pick it up and I've never looked back.
1: Yeah, no, you're so right. Yeah. You're so right, yeah. and it's it it is kind of <laughs> it is kind of true. You know, the people who are just coming out of college, you have that. There's certain colleges that you go to that they they teach you that you you will never fail, and um that, that that you will be a star and all these things that um that that some schools teach you and 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 some teachers you know uh, fill fill those young kids' heads with. And I was I, I was one of those kids that you know was filled with like you will you will succeed, and that's your only. Option And I think um, in terms of the mental aspect of the business anyway, but the business now is, is that you, you will fail and you need to fail and you will come back up and then you will fail again and you will come back up and you just need to be able to navigate those dips.
0: Yeah. That's right. Right. That's exactly right. Oh, absolutely. I mean, the up and down, it is the life of an artist. There's no question. I mean, for all the students that I I helped get into college, which I'm so excited, Mayor, we just found out all of our kids right now are making their decisions and our team, 96% of all of our (gasps) students got into audition-based programs. Oh, that's so so awesome. That's
1: so great.
0: it was a huge, huge year and they did so, so well. And I, I, but all of them along the way, when they had their hurdles, when they thought something in the process wasn't fair or it felt political or it felt, and I said, you are absolutely right. You have every right to feel as upset as you do. And it's going to happen again and again and again. And it just, it, it never, and you just have to learn how to laugh. You learn your, you know, outlets of, of who to turn to when you're, when you're really bent out of shape and yeah. But yeah, I mean, it is, it's remarkable. Sometimes the next time the bad phase happens, I do reflect and go, wow, Leo, you still really love it this much. You are still at it. You still hustle. Yeah. You know, that hustle never, it never stops. It I,
1: doesn't. Yeah. And I know you just yeah. turned, you just turned the big 4
0: I and- did. <laughs> I did, I did.
1: Doesn't it feel good? I honestly- It feels
0: great. Oh, I thought yeah. that the anticipation up to it, I hated. I did not enjoy that. I actually really enjoyed it, That then it happened. And I went, you know what? This feels really freeing. Yeah. It it feels really fun. I mean, I hated getting up to it. It was not fun. But, but, um, yeah, I feel great. I mean, I really do feel like I'm at the top of a new decade.
1: Yeah. You know, so I get,
0: I get to, yeah.
1: Yeah. Honey, you're talking to a woman about to turn 40. I remember when I, well, I'm past 40 now, but when I was about to turn 40, it was the anticipation of it. And I was just like, oh God, here it comes. Here it comes. Yeah. And when I, when I, when I turned 40, I did. It felt so freeing and so wonderful. And I had somebody say to me, this is where you and I are. Completely alike. I, I had somebody say, "Wow, Mayor, you still have the hustle in you. You still have that drive in you." And I'm like, "I do. I'm. I'm now 44. Yeah. I'm going to be. I'm going to be. I'm halfway to 50 almost. I'm going to be 45 in November. Yeah, and man. I still. I'm still so excited by stuff like by the business yeah. and by life and by learning a new. You know, le- learning how to how to do technical stuff now at this time and just, you know, I have my dips, of course, because I'm a human being, but I also, yeah. I don't, I don't sit in them for a long time. I, yeah. I come out of them and I figure out what can I do? Cause I, that is, that is something that I think in this time, um, to, to talk to your young kids who, who you work with and, and young kids that are out there, you have to find something that you can do to progress yeah. every day and maybe yeah. that maybe that do is just sitting sometimes that that's what you need to do for the day but but finding one thing to 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 bring you forward or or be creative yeah. that that's what helps me
0: yeah I agree. You you have to keep yeah that that idea of what can bring you forward. I love that. It's a, it it does have to always exist of what what is the goal? You know, what are you trying to accomplish? You yeah. know not not the you know, it can be you can, the dream thing, like the winning the Tony award or the or the whatever that may be for people. I think that's great. But then there's also just the basic minor steps of like what are you working on to get better at your legit voice or your uh you really want to do more plays or you really want to, you know, whatever. It's like the, those but there's got to be the work. You have to keep, you have to keep at the work.
1: Yeah. You know? And what have you, I mean, here's the thing. I, I've, I've, I was looking at your resume and I, I, I love no. doing this for my friends because we never look at each other's resumes. And then I, 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 I'm like, wow, Leo, you have done so many dream parts, dream, yeah. dream roles in your career. There's so many things that you've done already, but what, this is where I, I, I think about the, the in between those credits. What is your now dreams like what do you what do you see going forward that you want to do
0: yeah well you know i have to say when i when i did shuffle along that was unbelievable standing by for brooks ashmanskis taking over the role the last two weeks it was amazing oh my but god that's a, show. That's it, show. Oh, <laughs> i mean how about that tapping meredith it was oh just out god. of the world i know
1: Savian. i mean oh. this yeah, this this podcast could go on for another hour just talking about Shuffle Along, which I, I can't even believe we have talked know. about until now. But yes, Shuffle Along. I what know. what a show! What yeah. a show!
0: Anybody, if anybody listening to this is ever in New York City, once we can go back to the library, go to the Lincoln Center Library. If you don't have a card, it's a dollar and get a library card, and you can watch it in the archives. It's it, it's so it's unlike anything else. I well maybe here's here's
1: here's something to bring up. Maybe Broadway yeah. HD and if Broadway HD. If you're listening. Um, whoever's in charge over there, why don't we open up the Lincoln Center archives and put those online? Like put oh, those on man. streaming. You know what I'm talking I about? I love
0: that. that. I do. Well, is today, that's a really in the, good idea. That's right. Well, today in the webinar, they were talking about, you know, if we continue to have to do auditions via Zoom or, oops, via Zoom. I- I just lost my headphones um, via Zoom or uh, what was the other, what's the other platform, Skype and all of that. They said, you you know, having a dance reel or having your footage online. And I'm thinking, God damn it. Why do we have to keep putting stuff? Why don't they just release those archives of all these shows that that's all of our work right I'm, there. I'm
1: telling you, I have been talking to Equity way before this happened. Like, can I have some of the footage of me dancing? I because know, people, I've, go, I've gone in for auditions where, for TV and film where they go, are you a dancer? And I'm like, holy crap. Yes, I'm a dancer. <laughs> I'm just like, right. and not in a, not in an egotistical way, but in a no, way where, where right. I want to be like, here's three minutes of my best dancing from the past 20 years. Go, yep. you know what I mean? Yep. And that's, you right. know, I sort of, I sort of derailed your, what you were talking about, but, but it, it is an important conversation to have. And mm-hmm. and we do have those Lincoln center archive tapes that could yep. be released on Broadway HD. We have the capability of doing it. And then that could be something that could pay us performers and musicians sure. and all of that, um, you know, while
0: we're what, trying to what, figure this
1: out, right?
0: That's right. That's exactly right. While we're all watching TV and we're all getting sick of Netflix, that could be a nice <laughs> transition into something else. I know. Yeah. So Shuffle so Along. Which so was, shuffle Along. Yeah. Yes. I really, I mean, I just loved, loved getting to, you know, be in an original show like that and play a principal on Broadway, but it really makes me hungry to fully originate a role. Yeah. on Broadway. I mean cuz my 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 school of rock gig was amazing, but that was vacation covering and you know I was in and out of the company for a year and a half and I loved it. Superstar was great. I was a replacement, but that idea of really originating something in a principal track still is something I really want to do. Yeah. I um I, I just, you know, it's funny, the TV and film thing, I started to do more. of I've never really done a lot of TV and film, and I, I started to do a little bit of it. I, I did a little um, small independent film this past year, and I loved it, Meredith. I really yeah. did. So the director's talking to me about another little a little flick he's doing, and he right, right away he said, you know, now, Leo, this one's not going to be a lot more money than the last one. I said, I, it's not about the, I don't care about the money. Like I said, I just, I want more of this exposure. I, I really feel like 22 in doing a film because yeah. it's that thing that I haven't done a lot of, Yeah, you know, and, and I'm always hungry for the stuff that I haven't done. That yeah. That's the other part of that, that I know I'm still hungry to do stuff because it's not that I want to do the same stuff, but the, but the idea of a, another small film, it's really exciting.
1: Oh, you you we're, we're twinsies we really yeah. are because I, I I've done a couple short films out here with the director and um, got paid nothing and I love I yeah. loved it because I was able to be a lead it was a different um, a yeah. different thing for me being the lead as opposed to doing guest stars and I'm surprised you haven't done more more TV and film because you're just so suited for it but it is you know it, it is important to keep dreaming and to keep having those yeah. hurdles that you want and to not feel bad about it because here's the thing Leo let me tell Tell you this when yeah, I, yeah. when I start on Broadway, I did have people, this is where you need to be um, very attuned to who is around you. I yeah. did I did have people when they would they would ask me like well well now you're starring on Broadway and what you know what what do you want to do? And they'd ask me the question I just asked you like what is your dream? And I would say I want to originate a part. I want to do television I want to do this and that and and these certain people who are not in my life anymore would say Oh, but isn't starring on Broadway enough? Like you already done it, isn't it mm. enough? And I'm like, interesting how your your mentality is not one of, of, of where I am. And it's not about my ego. It's about my curiosity. It's about mm. my love of, of of creating a character and having a different mm. medium to be able to be a part of. And yeah. and and what you can do with a film, you can't do on stage. And and yes, the the originating apart for me is really about the creativity of developing that character from, from nothing. And I'm with you. I really, you know, I, I, I did technically originate Judy Haynes in white Christmas, but that character was already on film before. Like I want to really strip away and have the chance to do something from the ground
0: up. Although, you know, I will say this though, Meredith, I'm sure you're, you're, you're like this too. I do one of my good friends when I once said this said well Leo you have originated roles just because that show didn't go to Broadway doesn't mean that you didn't originate a role and I said well that is very true yes I mean so even sometimes I will get sucked up in the commercial world only because that is what is uh, the the pinnacle of what is viewed but like the reality is is yes I have and and to great success I mean so there are there are there was a show I did one of Matthew Lopez's plays out at the Old Globe yeah and in San Diego I mean it was amazing just because it didn't move forward I shouldn't I I shouldn't make it sound like I've never done it. I, I have to change my tone in that too. <laughs> and I, you know, you know
1: in, in, in thinking about that as well, I did, um, before American in Paris went on to be on Broadway, I do, there was a different version of it I did in, in Houston and mm-hmm. I got to originate that part there. And, and, there and you go. So, yeah. so yes. Yeah, so when, when you actually dissect yeah. it and I did do, um, uh, I did do a podcast called Broadway's just a word because it is, it, it there are so many, Rich and incredible regional experiences that we have all had that could have been on Broadway, but Broadway's—you know—the yeah. the, the geography of Broadway is very different, and yeah, the commercialization and all that stuff we can talk about. But we sure. are we are still competitive beings, and I feel like sometimes being competitive people can think of as a bad thing, and I think of it as a challenge and a personal challenge and whether or not I get there, I'm going to be fine. I'm going to be better than fine because I have a full life outside of this business, which is also something that people should really have. But, but, um, But I had a friend,
0: you'll like this story about a couple years ago, one of my good friends, she said to me, Leo, what do you want to do with your life? And I said, what are you talking about? I just closed this show. I just, she said, no, not work, Leo. Like, what do you, what do you want to do with your life right now? Like, is there somewhere you want to travel to? Is there someone you want to ask out on a date? Is there someone you want, like, what do you want to do? And I, and I remembered this and sure enough, I, I tragically, I sadly lost a a, a good friend and that was tragic. And he always loved to travel. And I had said how many times I wanted to travel and myself and two of my good friends we all went to Barcelona one summer. this was three three summers ago. Oh wow, and it was it was unbelievable. I mean, so it that is one part I do love about 40 versus when I met you at twenty two, which is much more <laughs> much more balanced of of life. yeah you know, that it, it it just it the priority isn't only my work, which yeah. thank god
1: and and know. and that's a good that's a good lesson. It shouldn't be ninety yeah. percent business, ten percent life no, because sometimes no. sometimes we're trained to do that to be, you know, yeah just to be guns, guns blazing and go into this business with everything is that. And then, so then when, when, and I say, when it comes crashing down, because you do have moments where you're not going to get the job and you're going to be out of work. And like, like we all are right now where your, your identity is messed with and you don't have anything else. And Priscilla
0: yeah. Lopez, when I did that play that I was talking about at the, at the old globe, yeah. it starred Priscilla Lopez and she's amazing. And I remember it was the first night out and we were all having a glass of wine and you know, we were all telling stories, you know, dropping the tea and everyone's <laughs> having fun. And then she said, she said, listen, guys, she said something along these lines. It wasn't verbatim to this, but she said, just remember that no matter how good of a week or a month or a year you're having in show business, it will never give back everything that you put in. Yep. Yeah. It never. You could have a really good year. You could have that amazing TV show, that Tony Award, whatever. But it's never gonna fully give back what you put it. And I remember we all kind of were silent. We like stopped drinking the wine, and then everyone went, "Okay, yeah, okay." So anyway, <laughs> blah blah blah. You know I mean? <laughs> then like we only, but it but it what it did hit, and I yeah. thought yeah that. That makes a lot of sense.
1: It's really smart, and you're like, okay, yeah. Priscilla. Okay, Priscilla. On yeah, to the okay. next. But no, but all right, is-
0: Moral- yeah, Morales. All right, on Morales. Yeah, we got it. I know. Him. I know. What, what you did for love, Morales. What you did for love. We did.
1: Did she start? Did she start singing? What <laughs> I did for love. Yes. No.
0: Invited love. Well. Yeah.
1: <laughs> no, it's it, it it is true, and we should listen to those those veterans of the business who know yeah. who know a lot about. Um, you know, giving of themselves so much, and and that is good advice. It really is good advice. And uh, you know, it, it it's it it is a wonderful, incredible business that I would not uh, give up for the world. But it does yeah. it does give you heartache. Um, yep. But it does and give you, you yeah. You want-
0: I, and, and I do, and here's the other thing that I always, I share with everyone young and I don't say it in any kind of jaded way, but I do miss that feeling because you don't get to get it back, yeah. which is your innocence
1: mm-hmm. when you
0: are young and that, and that chapter I think can last longer for some than others. But, and I don't even know exactly, it's hard for me to pinpoint when I think it kind of left me or I grew out of it, but there's something so valuable when you're in that first phase of your career and you're just, there's an innocence, yeah. it's, it's a that, that fresh feeling when you know, you don't really have any kind of connections and you don't have people just calling you and saying, Hey, can you, can you do this? You know, you're really, really hustling on another level. That's a, that's a fun phase.
1: Yeah. It is. It is a fun phase. It's a, it's, you know, I, I do remember being just, just every day there was adrenaline and fear and excitement and all of these things as you're going in for these, these, you know, big jobs and, and people calling you and, and, and all of it. And, and I think that, um, you know, I, I think if you want to do this business and you know that's what you want, this is the advice I always give is do it. Don't yeah. think about it. Don't let right. anybody convince you otherwise. If you know this is where you're supposed to be and what you're supposed to do, do it all the way. And if you fail, at least you knew you did it all the way. That's the one thing that I always told myself. I said, you know what, I'm going to go to New York. I'm going to, or wherever wherever your, whatever your jam is, if it's LA, New York, Chicago, Atlanta, whatever, go and do it all the way. Don't do it half ass. And that's just a life lesson that, you know, that I think is a good one.
0: That's right. That's exactly right. It's so I mean easier said than done, but it it takes us because because that those that chapter's over for us. Yeah. You know that that innocent phase and and now it's like, you know, I, I when I when I um the hustle, when we were saying how the hustle never goes away, when I when I I got to do um Tulsa and Gypsy with Patti Lapone in oh, Chicago. This yes. is before. This is when it didn't had, had, had there was no talk of Broadway, yet. Right? Uh, Rave- this is before. Wasn't Arthur it Ravinia? R- Ravinia. Yeah, Ravinia. Ravinia Festival. Yeah. Thank you. My. Ravinia. <laughs> Ravinia yeah Lonnie Price was directing it was it was amazing we had such a blast when when we closed she Patty came back to New York and went back into Sweeney Todd she had left it to do Gypsy went back into Sweeney and then she closed it with the run when it closed and I went to see it a second time because now I had worked with Patty so of course I had to go see her and I got to come up to her dressing room after and we were talking and she said to me (laughs) I'll never forget she said oh Leo I don't know when I'm gonna work again and I said, "What, Patty? You're you're Patty Lupone. Of course, you're going to work again." And she turned to me and she went, "Easy for you to say. I'm not so young anymore." <laughs> That's what she said to me. And I said, Oh my God. I looked at her, I went, like, God, Patty Lapone is hustling. Like, Patty Lapone's afraid of, she doesn't know. I mean, obviously, there's a lot of gigs she could do that she doesn't want to do. Yeah. But the point is, is that she now goes back to unemployment. Uh-huh. She has to wait for the next gig. And she has that same, that same tone that we all have like, Oh no, it's closing. It you never know? stops.
1: And, it never stops.
0: Yeah, it never stops. I was like, Well, if, if Ms. Lapone's going, I'm not so young anymore, you know, I mean, so I. It's pretty amazing when you think about it.
1: It's really kind of crazy, and and it yeah. and and to hear that, which I've heard that from a lot of old biddies in the business. I'd be like, you know, talking to Betty Buckley or talking to you know Ann Miller when she was alive, and all these people who they they would they would reflect on, oh, I got to get back on the you know back on the boards and back to auditions and things like that. And, and you're like, wow, it really never stops. It yeah. really just keeps going, and that's okay. Yeah. And that's yeah. that's where you need to have comfort in. Mm-hmm. Those times you need to have comfort in the fact that you are going to continue, you know, maybe it'll get easier as your name gets bigger, but, um, you Mm -hmm. still, you still don't know. And right,
0: your your life gets richer. I always talk about that. That the yes. longer it goes, that that is something in my life did not feel at twenty two. I might have had this young, hopeful innocence and a bright eyed. What is this? Where does what's Ninth Avenue? This is awesome, you know. But <laughs> but then the wisdom kicks in. I don't know. You know, maybe that was in my mid thirties, young thirties. But and that's a beautiful thing too. Yeah, it's like a wisdom and a richness. There's life is just richer because yeah. you've had so much, so many more experiences, and you know, you have more love. You have more death. You have more divorce. You have more. I mean, yeah. losing my grandmother in in two thousand and eleven that was like my best friend. That was the worst year of my life. I hated that year. Yeah, I just hated it. It was the worst. I was. I hated it. You know, and and I still feel that my life is not as rich as it was when I had her. Yeah. I mean, it's it's just a it's. But then that's this is life. This is the circle of life, and and now she lives in me in a different way. You know, but it's life's richer. You have more experience.
1: Yeah. Life's richer and it makes you, um, it makes you appreciate everything even more, you know? And I feel like that's That's what we're tapping into now in all this, uh, stillness and, and thought Mm. we are able to reflect on what really matters and and get back to get back to the simplicity of it and the centering of it. And, 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 uh, you know, just treat each day as a gift
0: yeah, that's right. Meredith God, that's so true. It is so true. and that is going to be, I mean, there have you seen that great video going around of um Joseph, the artistic director of the Guthrie? He I'll, I'll send it to you if you haven't, yeah, seen, it. No, Any, I haven't everyone,
1: seen
0: it. Oh, everyone listening. you should Google this. Joe, I don't know what the name of the clip is, but he's basically talking about live theater and what has happened to it since the pandemic. but because you know we've had theater for over you know 2500 years it will be back theater is a part of who we are yes. so we may take we may have to take a break but i mean it's a completely inspiring video it's extremely vulnerable it might make you shed a tear but it feels good it's like a good tear to get out it, yeah. it's great
1: it's what we yeah. need. And, and, yeah. and, and I feel like that, that is is that that is something that we are unified in is that we all yeah. have that feeling, those of us in the yeah. community and those of us who, who just love theater and our audience members. I mean, we all need it. We all are going to yeah. need it even more when we get back. Um, and I, I hope that I get to see you again and I get to work with you again. And
0: I do too, mayor And that was its so true. I mean, but like, and kudos to you, like here you are initiating this beautiful thing that you're doing. I think it's fantastic. I mean, see to me, like this is an example of you're being proactive yeah. in a, in a time <laughs> when we're all down, but like just the act of doing it, it's a beautiful thing.
1: Oh, thank you. I just, yeah. I, 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 I feel like I need to be connected. I, I, yeah. I, I need to be connected to my colleagues in any way that i can and yeah and yep. i hope that that's kind of you know permeating through the airwaves um, Absolutely. <laughs> i don't yeah. know what it is about you but i cannot stop doing accents
0: no. i can't <laughs> well it's because that Pittsburghese was just a part of it oh my god we got to go down and get them pierogies. <laughs> i always say to i always say to jim caruso down at birdland we should go down to dunkin donuts and get a chocolate frosted with Jimmy's on it <laughs>
1: it just makes my whole day brighter to hear you hear you say that i love you so much thank you so much for this
0: (laughs) oh my god mayor this was a blast i had so much fun with you so
1: great support this podcast or make a donation, visit anchor.fm slash Confessions of an Actress. And also be sure to follow us on Instagram at Confessions of an Actress. And one of the best ways you can support us is on your social media platforms. Like, share, and go to iTunes and give us a rave review. I really appreciate it. But also, remember, be kind. And at this time, have vision for what you want, but be grateful for where you are every single day. Thank you for listening.